Hi, Beth. Hello, Archbeth. I, I love that greeting Archbeth in chat is how we started off for our <laughs> recording. I'm okay with this. Hello, Archbeth. Mm -hmm. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Pack Tactics Season 3. Cobalt in space. This is a 5th edition homebrew Dungeons & Dragons campaign with a lot of Spelljammer thrown in there because Spelljammer. A bunch of other stuff, too. My name is Crash. I will be your DM for the evening. And with me are a collection of glorious individuals, including, but not limited to, Archbeth, Ellie, Eo, Jen, Matt, and Cindy. So, what happened last week? We went to visit Sniv, and that was a mistake. But not because of Sniv, surprisingly. Yeah, yeah. we ended up saving Sniv's life, which... Was a surprise to everyone, really, you know? Or at least keeping him from getting, um... Eaten. Yeah. He might have survived getting eaten for a little bit, as long as he didn't get eaten for too long, but... Yeah, we're still trying to determine if helping Sniv was a good idea, but in the meantime, someone disguised itself as a kobold that moved very weirdly and turned into a tentacle monster with a lot of HP when it said, Ah, you're the leader. To be fair, it wasn't a tentacle monster. It was more made of mouths than tentacles. Still not good. No, Possibly still not worst. good. <laughs> and at the end of it, you managed to get a level up and a long rest. So there was that. Yes, there was that. True. Mm -hmm. Sniv. And I prepared different spells. <laughs> Archbeth, don't maybe take inspiration away from you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> A joke I know you're not the audience, on but the I will podcast. do it. <laughs> yeah, that's not one good. <laughs> I mean, Chris isn't here, and Millie isn't here, so it was going to be someone else who stepped up. <laughs> however, however, let's co boldly move forward. <laughs> Sniv, because we can't find a reverse. There you go. I found it. I choose to ignore its location. <laughs> I remember reverse. We um used it to build helms. That's canon, actually, and not a summoned one either. Sniv strongly suggested that you all have a nice long bath. They were planning on doing the same, and maybe take a long rest while you're at it. Do you sleep in quarters on the moon base, or are you going to hang out in the Red Star again? I think Zenosha is far more comfortable in the Red Star than anything run by Sniv. Yeah, Zax feels the same way. Farther from Sniv, the better. If I'm, on the, if I'm on the moon base, I'm going to feel um, tempted to go looking at things that I've been told not to look at, so I'm going to sleep on the Red Star, too. I thought for a second that I'd have to pull out a different set of plans for what was going to happen during this session. <laughs> okay. The DM was prepared for this not eventuality. Yet. Okay. I do actually we'd like to go back to circular as you level up, by the way. I'm sorry, I talked right over Ellie. I was making a joke. I said, actually, we'd like to go back to Circulus to rest. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. Zenosha would not be opposed to this. She right. would actually very much like to actually go camping for a night after having spent a lot of nights in what she considers a metal tomb. Yeah, that's fair. Y you encounter a fleet of dragonborn and Kenku. This seems, um, um, um... Bad. I got nothing. Are they friends <laughs> or enemies? I'm not sure. Yes? The Kenku oh, are yelling okay. about betrayal, 
And one well, of them has a staff that turns into a snake. Much. It's not our fault the moon was gone. We, we're the ones that got it back. <laughs> this is not canon, by the way, unless you I was actually wondering. Yeah. No. <laughs> there is. I was thinking 50-50, but okay. There is a very strong likelihood that you will encounter the Dragonborn, but I'm waiting for the Saturday game plots to catch, catch up, up to you mm-hmm. before I have anything from that plot line affect your plot line. Otherwise, there's timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, and I might have to retcon things, so I'm not going to bother with that. Well, Sorry. I really do want to go check out what's going on with the sphere thingy at some point. I need spells I did not have prepared in order to do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, with that said, when you wake up after your long rest, there is a lot of clamoring and noise and hammering and various sounds, not all of them mechanical, happening hmm. uh, it, on the main deck. Do any of them sound like swarms of insects and or scorpions on a stick? I will not even require a perception <laughs> check from Chroma. <laughs> because you've encountered this sound frequently enough that, yes, you do recognize that. Hello, inventors? Hello, 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 hello. I swear, we could solve a lot of problems if we could just figure out how to make a tree fly in space. I think we're getting a bit of a crossover between Cindy's character in this game and Cindy's character in last night's game. Maybe. (laughs) If there's any suggestion about making anything out of gophers, turn it down. (laughs) No, 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 no gophers. Not a single one. What would you say about squirrels in Plague Doctor Mask? <laughs> or a large wooden badger on wheels. I would say that I think I've gotten into Zenosha's thing. All right, so I'm going to assume I can probably hear Chroma talking to the inventors at this point, so I'm going to go see. What- yeah, the, the main deck does have the helm partially disassembled, and it looks like it is on its way to being disassembled more versus the other way around. Uh, it seems Wait, to be you guys are disassembling it, not just trying to learn from it? You do realize this is currently the flagship, right? I think they're disassembling it and putting it back together again. And Fiddle Punch is there, leading okay, the good. process. Okay, then it'll, it'll turn out right. He's here. Fiddle Punch, is this for educational purposes, or are you decommissioning this ship without telling us? It, it is for educational purposes. And also for constructive purposes. And Fiddle Punch points over at a large box of parts that is. Do you plan on putting it back together? That's the main question. Your ship wouldn't be very useful without it put back together. So, yes, we're going to do that. But at the end of this, we should have two helms. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you weren't stripping this ship for parts because it's no force, but I've, I've still become fond of this thing. I don't like stripping apart the things that I've built for parts. Right. And I'm mainly only doing this so that I don't have to be the one that builds all the helms for your fleet. That is fair. That makes sense, yeah. Okay. I mean, I like building something once. That's fun. Building it over and over and over again, that's monotonous. Yeah. And one of the inventors says, Oh, uh, by the way... Uh, Sniv said 
that when you woke up, we were supposed to give this to you. And he hands you a scroll. To me? To, uh, well, it, it didn't specify which of you, just some someone more important than me, I think were his close to exact words. Um, uh, don't sell yourself short. You're very important. Mm-hmm. You're going to be building helms. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to let the spellcasters deal with the scroll. I will take a look at the scroll. Okay. It I is hope 100%... it does not say that he uh, prepared explosive runes. It does not have explosive runes on it. it... <laughs> so the good news is it's addressed to Chroma. The bad news is it uses Chroma's real name. You read it, Uh-oh. and there's a chromatic orb that goes on. No, that is not true. That is not canon. <laughs> I mean, Chroma's name is canon, but that's not how it's addressed. <laughs> That would be hilarious, but no, we're not doing that yet. I mean, hi. You heard nothing. Snave is probably a bard, so they could probably pull it off. Probably. Oh, most likely. And Snave is actually a high-level bard, so more likely to pull it off. But that said, this scroll is rather mundane. The fanciest thing on it is Snave's seal is on it, but that's not that big a deal. Basically... To, to summarize it, because I'm not going to read the whole thing in Sniv's voice, as fun as that would be. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is, while you were taking your long rest, Sniv was studying the blade. And by <laughs> studying the blade, I mean trying to figure out what happened to their former butler, who turned into a hideous monster made of mouths. It Most likely, something happened when they were sent on a different mission into a nearby ravine to deliver a different message. So if you go and investigate in that ravine, which isn't that far, which is good because by the time you read this message, chances are your ship won't currently be operational. But don't worry, it'll be fully operational eventually. And then you can rain death with your star. Those aren't words that are used, but never mind about that. The DM just thought of it. Okay, that last bit was almost ominous, but yeah, I say let's check out the ravine. Yeah. Anything that's killing helpful low-level kobolds is something I'd say we should smack with my stick. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Okay. Right, time to go find things from the black space between the stars and tell them to stop. Or murder them. Wait, the what now? Um, this thing it's we a long stuff. Yeah, it was, stuff was, happened. it was this huge, like, it was a kobold, and then it turned into this thing with all these mouths and fought it and it tried to eat Sniv and didn't succeed. Okay, we're going to try to kill the thing that killed Cobalt. That's all you really need to worry about. Okay, because the way you're describing it, uh, I have some friends of mine who told me stories that were along those same lines like 15 years ago. That may be helpful in us stopping this thing, so if you could share that info, please do. Well, they didn't actually manage to stop it. Oh. They kind of bargained with it. Uh, what? More info, the better. Uh, That's kind of weird. Uh, apparently it took over the capital city in one of the baronies, and things got really, really bad. There were a lot of people who got killed, and then the leader of whatever the things were, who used to be the baron, but wasn't the baron anymore... That's that was kind of creepy. Uh, 
basically said, hey, we'll leave if you give us this one thing, and the party gave them that one thing, and then they left. Do you remember what that one thing was? Some kind of cube. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, it sounds like we have a thing to kill, then. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. All right, have fun storming the ravine. Ravine, yeah. It's not as exciting as a castle, I would think, but it'll do. Well, I can always summon the castles? lightning. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. I heard somebody say it somewhere. Yeah. okay. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to require any special rules for you to get to the ravine. It is a well-trodden path. It is a somewhat familiar path, and it becomes much more obvious how familiar it is uh, once you get there because you see a lot of very large mushrooms growing inside this ravine. Hello, my opponent. There is no response. They might not be okay. They don't always talk, though, right? I mean, not like we do. I think they can only talk through spores, and I'm not sure we're close enough for that. But I'm still going to say hello and hope they're doing well. Well, there was a ramp constructed to make it easy to traverse down into the ravine and back up again without using any kind of system of pulleys or fancy gadgets or anything ever thought of by a cobalt inventor. For some reason, that was specifically ruled out. Well, if it's out of the way, I'm probably still going to leave it at just a big wave and, hello, have a good day, hope you're doing well. Okay, you see no myconids. Bad. You see Maybe. piles yeah. of waste that have been piled up to compost. You see very large mushrooms that were apparently being used as domiciles. There are many doors that have been left open, but you see nothing living. You also don't see anything dead, unless you count the stuff in the compost, which is neither Nikonid or cool. When did we last see Button? Oh, uh, you last saw Button before you went off for um, fixing the moonbeam. So that was maybe yeah. three long rests ago? Yeah, last I remember of Button specifically was before we had managed to recapture the moon, so it may have been a while. Now, you, you've seen Button again off camera, we'll say during various periods of time since the moon was recaptured, Button was one of those myconids who just liked to explore. So even when you thought, we just dropped Button off at the ravine with all the other myconids, so now they're watching Button, and that's fine. You go back home, you turn around, Button's there. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like Button. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, guys? I'm going to sneak in. I don't think we should sneak. I think we should just think all should go, just go in because this is suspicious. Okay. All right. Let's go. Okay. GR starts saying, we're so quiet. We're so quiet. Look, we're quiet. We're so quiet. Sneak. Daldane should not be your inspiration for sneaking. <laughs> I know she will say otherwise, sing. but she has her flaws. Check it out. JR been... learned how to sing. Kind of. I have Need been told that bards are quite good at inspiring. Well, yeah. Like I said, I know Daldane would say otherwise, but she has her flaws. GR waves. <laughs> GR is learning. Mm-hmm. If we are using an alternate definition of the word learn- learning, then yes. <laughs> well, there is a difference in sneaking between singing I am so quiet and waving. That's improvement. It may still be level zero, but it's improvement. Meanwhile, Chroma is singing a along tune. happily. Yeah. <laughs> Various R2 droids are seen moving around in the distance. <laughs> and also one Dalek, which is a bit weird, but never mind. 
Neither of those things is canon. <laughs> so essentially, this ravine was converted into a... Yes, thank you, Cindy. <laughs> I truly appreciate that Cindy has become the person to find any GIF at this point. There, there are others who rise to the occasion, but none so frequently as Cindy. Explain, explain. <laughs> so what you're walking through, the ravine has been converted into basically a Myconid town. You've got the main thoroughfare that goes through the full length of the ravine, but it's rather narrow and rather deep. And you've got occasional spots that look like they're alleys that go back around other mushrooms. But for the most part, it's one main street with mushrooms on either side. Where, oh, where are the mushrooms? <laughs> one lone tumbleweed goes by. Ooh, that's an invasive species. We should stop that. Well, by the time you see a tumbleweed tumbling, it's already dead. Okay, so they go. Indeed. I hope they're okay, but let's keep exploring. In the distance, yeah. the dog barks. Well, if you want to explore, tell me how you're exploring, and that will determine what I might ask you to roll and what information I might give you. Zenosha, despite her the fact that she's not very good at expressing her emotions, is particularly fond of the mushroom people, including Button. So she's going to explore mostly in the realm of where they might have gone. I want to look for signs of a struggle. Okay, so for those two things... The DM is slightly distracted by the fact that he just realized his cat is snoring. Oh, <laughs> how cute. Percy does that. Yeah, he's on the desk next to me, just curled up and snoring, which is better than what he <laughs> usually does, which involves attacking my arm. Mm-hmm. Like, You're not paying attention to me. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> arm, 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 dog. <laughs> Wait, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Okay, you know what? I'm going to say that both of those things would be survival rolls. So both of you give me a survival roll. Oh, no. I am surprisingly bad at survival for being a druid. I got a 13 according to D&D Beyond. I am unsurprisingly bad at survival for... (laughs) Well, I'm good at techno... (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) Psychic just shouted grog. Yeah, because I rolled 1d20 minus. <laughs> it's bad enough that it made the bot want to drink, you know? <laughs> that or it was another critical role reference. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to look for footprints and other signs of where people might have gone. Oh, there's footprints all over the place. Myconid and Cobalt. Hmm. None okay. of the footprints are ours? Well, Sorry, there, there are... You are leaving footprints on your way in. Right. And I I do recognize that you got a 13, Zenosha. I am going to resolve that in just a little bit. Just making sure it was noted. So oh, you- yeah. Definitely noted. And there will be a bit of information that I can reveal. Not a whole lot, but I will be able to reveal one thing because that's the highest roll so far and it's above a threshold. Not the biggest threshold, but a threshold. Uh, but there are cool footprints. I've been rolling investigation. <laughs> I was okay. hoping I'd roll insight. I'm good at insight. Or perception. Survival, not so much. Well, things happen. Um, so, as I said, there's footprints all over the place. Many of them are iconid. Many of them are cobalt. None of this is surprising to anyone because this ravine was close enough that many kobolds were coming down here on a regular basis. Anyway, you are leaving your own footprints. Your own footprints are separate from the ones that were already here. Again, this is surprising no one. But it's also... 
making it hard to determine what happened by looking at the footprints because they're just all over the place. None of you is doing a Prince Humperdinck where you're going around saying there was a sword fight. They were both masters. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. For is a there, period of time, they're both fighting with their left hands. Is there an exit at the far end of the ravine? Or is this no. a... No. Okay. The, the, the side of the ravine that's closest to the main base that the kobolds are using, that's where the ramp was installed. And they're like, we don't need a ramp on the other side, so they didn't bother. It was too much work. Okay. With the 13 that Zenosha got, you do notice a piece of paper that looks like it was at one point nailed to a mushroom, but mushrooms are not known for being the best surfaces for long-term pinning things to. They're kind of squishy in that regard. So it fell off, and it's been stepped on a few times by both myconids, apparently, and kobolds. But you are able to pull it out of the dirt. There's actual soil here, not just regolith. And it appears to be written in Draconic. It's an eviction notice. Oh, dear. I think Sniv was trying to kick the myconids out of their home. Is Is that what that says? It's an eviction notice, which is... An attempt for authorities to kick people out of their home. His butler so far... came here. His butler came here to serve an eviction notice and came back as wrong. a thingy. Yeah, uh-huh. Came back very, very wrong. And that was probably um, disappeared, right? Melted? Something? Gone? Turned into a bit of a slime and exploded over pretty much everyone oh, when yeah. someone summoned a faithful hound. Not naming any names. <laughs> not not pointing fingers. It went away. <laughs> <laughs> it did, it did. If we're naming names, we need to blame Mordekainen. It's his faithful hound. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair cop. Right, Mordekainen's so... fortress appears. <laughs> Mordekainen comes out and says, What was that? He could come out and say, Bad dog Can we no blame bit. Tensor's floating disc instead? <laughs> hmm. I mean, We're if you want to anger the character who was played by Gary Gygax, I mean, you're allowed to. <laughs> you you can make whatever choices you want. There are repercussions. So we're not finding any signs of current life in the Mykonid village. Uh, not where you are now. You haven't gone all the way through the ravine yet. Well, let's go all the way through the ravine. Let's keep then. going. Maybe they're hiding somewhere, you know? Okay. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out for signs of them. Okay. Well, as you continue... You do reach a spot where survival checks aren't necessary to determine what happened. Because you've been on the moon long enough that you know the edges of an impact crater when you see it. Uh, Whatever came in, came in hot and came in at an angle. Uh, The first mushrooms you pass have had the tops knocked off of them. And then further down, they're knocked off a bit lower. And then they're probably down a bit lower. And you get to... A, a large, let, let's say that the ravine was made a bit deeper than it was originally. Let's put it that way. So what, what do we, do we see anything remaining of whatever fell in here? Or do uh, you just you see a crater? Do, in fact, you see eight spikes coming out of, at, at this point it's the regolith because the impact knocked all the dirt aside. Uh, these eight spikes are spaced evenly in a circle. And as they come up, they don't come up straight. They come up and curve around so that the pointy ends are pointing towards the center of the circle. Can I roll Arcana? Is that a magically 
Does it look like a magic setup? It don't look natural, I'll tell you that much. The spikes appear to be made out of some kind of metal. As is the orb that as you get closer, there is an orb that all the spike points are pointing at. Oh, definitely magical. I should have prepared a magic detection device. But I didn't do that today because I was preparing for other things. Um, I can detect magic if, as a ritual. If we have a few minutes, I could then look around. Does that orb look at all like the half-sphere that I've been banned from? In that it's made of metal? Yes. In that the okay. half-sphere you were That's banned all. from has a whole bunch of things that are sticking out of it in various places. Like someone was trying to make a prop for a movie and was just like gluing things from various model kits together. No, this does mm-hmm. not look like that. It's much more smooth. Okay. It's hmm. it's not as smooth and featureless as the cube you have in your bag of holding. There there are seams, there are edges. It, it's it's not perfectly round, but it doesn't have a ton of greebles. No, it is not a kit bash cube, Cindy. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> so is it floating? It seems to be resting in an indentation, but not resting very deeply. You can see most of the sphere. I want to go investigate it. Okay. Uh, Karma, as should you we approach... kill that? Sorry. I just said, Chroma, should we kill that? Not until I've investigated it. Are you going to wait for snacks to cast detect magic? Um. Yes, it'll be are. ten minutes. Is Chroma able to her. wait ten minutes? <laughs> if somebody grapples her, she is. <laughs> it, are we going to have to make a charisma save to see if Chroma is capable of waiting ten minutes? <laughs> I'm okay at charisma saves. I'm better at them than I am at wisdom saves. Chroma, why don't we go back through the town and see if the Mike has left anything interesting behind? I know you're trying to distract me, but also sure. Alrighty. Meanwhile, Chroma has a chronometer that she pulls out and sets it for 10 minutes. Chronometer! Chronometer! Literally adjusted to Chroma's attention span. <laughs> Okay. I'm going to wait here and see what happens with the magic investigation that pops out that needs killing. By the way, Snacks, when you get to yeah. the 10-minute mark and you use Detect Magic, there's nothing yep. magical here that you can detect. Okay. So I rolled the Arcana check anyway, just but it was bad. So nothing pings on the Detect Magic, so Well, you do. All... You, you well, light up I... like a Christmas tree. <laughs> I'm sure. I thought it was probably several of my companions. However, that I'm not interested Hi. in. I have a magic stick, a magic armor, and a magic animated shield, so, yeah, I'm sure I'm dark as night. Yeah, yeah, everybody. (laughs) Well, the Hammer of Thunderbolts and the Girdle of Giant Strength, I mean, nearly legendary items are probably momentarily blinding. Probably. (laughs) Well, the the Hammer isn't nearly legendary. It is. It is legendary. (laughs) Yeah, that one is. So, um... There is nothing magical down by that sphere. Uh, in fact, I don't detect anything magical in the area other than our own equipment. Huh. Okay, I'll go this investigate pro- it now. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, if Chroma volunteers, I'll let her go, but I was about She's to do it whether you let her or not. I mean, if know. it's not yeah. magical, then it's probably technological because, I mean, either that or it's a really weird cannonball, and no one's going to build spikes around a really weird cannonball for no reason, so I should go investigate it. 
I have uh, used divine sense. There is no celestial fiend or undead within 60 feet of us. That's good. good. To know. That's really good to know. But that one weird red person with wings over there 61 feet away is looking at us funny. That is not Wait, canon. What? That is not okay. canon. Oh. <laughs> He's Uh-oh. making a joke. Is he watching us? <laughs> you heard me to joke? <laughs> uh... I, I just... That's a never not funny thing for me where, okay, well, what's the range of your ability to detect things? Okay, that plus one is where all the bad things are hanging out. In a giant circle around you. And Zeely is apparently a bad thing in this situation. Okay, so with all this said, Chroma is bravely marching forward to check out the sphere. Mm -hmm. JR is accompanying you because JR. And as you approach, give me a perception check. This is before you get close enough to do investigation. Everyone or just who's Chroma? Anyone who's approaching the sphere. Uh, I'm going to keep my will. distance behind Chroma, uh, but I would follow. So Non-natural one. <laughs> I'm going to follow behind them just in case things go bad. Um, so let's is that see what we call is... Uh, 24 for Neri. I have a 13 total. Okay, so the 24 and the 26 you hear some type of muttering or chanting coming from the sphere. I think there are people inside the sphere. I hear voices. I don't hear them, That's not ideal. Um... They are chanting something. I don't know what, but... That sounds like some kind of magic thing, or like summoning a thing or something. Maybe we should back up. I should have... I hear it, too. I should have been... The sphere is quite large. For enhanceability this morning, but I didn't do that either. <sighs> Chroma, you don't hear anything. And oddly enough, neither does Better JR. Get closer. JR rolled a six. Oh, no. No, um, don't get closer. Trust me, I hear chanting. And I need to investigate it. But if you investigate it, you might die. Okay, yeah, and then I'd be in a lot of trouble. Fine, but... <laughs> Okay, From I just want to note heard. that I might die is... Okay, that would be me being in trouble from my mom. <laughs> wow. From what I have heard, if Chroma dies, Zili would probably kill her. We want I mean, you, right? That's, that's actually could be, I think. I am uh, told I, this is a metaphor. I or, don't know how many times well, a mom sure. is willing to literally resurrect people just to prove a point. It, right, well, I may have misheard. It might instead be Zili would kill all who would ever hurt her daughter or think about that, it. I think that's probably true, yeah. We walk here, right? Yep. Uh, I cast Pass Without Trace on everybody in the party. Okay. That gives right, everybody well. plus 10 to stealth and can't be tracked except by magical means. And you, leave, no, you leave behind no tracks or other pieces of your tra- passage. That would have been really good before you got into the ravine. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I could cast spells. Okay. Well, y- you're so used to flying here, which means you used up all of your spell slots. Exactly. All Even right. though I gave you JR, who has the ability to pilot the Red Star without any of you <laughs> yeah. using up your spell slots. And then you took that away? I did. You implied that when you gave him his first level of paladin and we started asking about it. He's not a level one paladin anymore. Yeah, JR's a level 2 paladin now. Okay. Anyway, I'm still going to investigate the thing. Alright, if she's going to investigate, no one's going to be able to talk her out of it, which is pretty true of Chroma, from what I've known her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with. So, 
so the question is, are you going to make use of this pass without a trace, or are you just going to blindly go forth and investigate because Chroma and, let's face it, Zax? Yeah. I'm going to try to approach sneakily. Okay, give me a stealth check. Let's try to be quiet. All right, so the um, pass without trace adds a plus 10. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. A 19. You are very good at this. And I have a plus 6. <clears throat> I rolled a 17 plus 3, and that's about the plus 10. You've got a 30. Yeah. Cogbucket <laughs> is also approaching. I've got a 23 on stealth. That's I'm a... technically approaching, but I'm keeping my distance. So. But are you acting like you're keeping your distance? I am way behind the rest of the group because I'm mostly thinking this is a bad idea, but I can cast healing spells, so I shouldn't be absent. So with the okay. plus 10, I got a 19. Max has a 17. Okay. You're all really good at this. The chanting, and as you get closer, you are fairly certain that it is chanting, not just muttering, is definitely coming from the sphere. Does it sound like a lot of people or just one? It's just one voice. Okay. Better odds. It is definitely not a kobold voice. Can we tell what language it's in? One of you can. (laughs) Mm. Okay. Okay, I suppose the next question is, which one? It's not me, I'm sure. It's probably me. Yeah. By coincidence, I speak Dwarvish, which comes out of nowhere, but maybe. I took the sage background, and so I could pick one of the obscure languages, and I picked deep speech. And it has come in handy. So, basically, the chanting is... You're missing some of the words because whatever is doing this, the chanting is inside a sphere of metal. So there is some yeah. obscuring of the syllables. And we got <laughs> someone in chat. Hello, LFA. Pleased to meet you. We are playing Dungeons and Dragons with Spelljammer added in and kobolds because kobolds. But for the most part, this chanting seems to be offering praise to a being you're pretty sure it's something powerful because every time they say the name of this thing, your brain sort of flips around the name. Your your brain doesn't really want to register whatever the thing is. Okay, that's concerning. What's it saying? Um, that everything's going praying. to be all right. It's what? Praying to something incomprehensible. I can't think. What are you not no. comprehending? It's, um... It's a name. It's a bad name. Yes, it seems to be saying, and JR says the name. Wow. That. I don't know what that is. It's a bad name. Well, yeah. It's it's a worst name. So are they <clears throat> worse than Tiamat? Yes, because you can you can say Tiamat and it sounds like Tiamat. And oh, if dear. you say that, it sounds like like no. All right, so are they just praying to that, to the big no, or are they trying to, like, bring it here or raise it or whatever you do? They're saying, big no, it's showtime. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking for that joke, but I couldn't, I hadn't found it yet. I have provided a valuable service. Well, whatever's going on, I don't think we should leave it here to keep praying. I mean, at best, that's going to be, like, probably 
cleric spells or, or warlock spells or something, and I don't want to know what kind of spells a, a worst name grants. JR has pulled out their morning star. JR is ready to fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, break let's break this thing open. How? JR lifts their morning star. Okay, that's one option, JR. That's good. Um I wonder what happens if I like <laughs> This this is a non magical object. Okay, non magical object. Made of metal. And I have a grenade. Everybody back up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> JR I is the JR last one to back up. Him. Yeah, I pick up okay. JR and move him quicker. Give me a strength <laughs> check. Me. Give me a strength check. Okay, okay, strength check. This will be contested. <laughs> this will be contested? Okay, strength check. That's a stealth check. Let me try that again. Okay, I'm hitting the wrong ones. You try um, to sneakily two. grab JR. Strength. <laughs> strength check. I have a 10 plus 10, and so that's a 20. Okay, guess what? It's a tie, because I rolled a 19 plus 1 for JR. They do not oh, go no. willingly into that good safety zone. Oh. JR, back up! And I'm not Snacks, I'm not an evoker, I can't make... Wait, uh, is Snacks an evoker? No, I'm a conjurer. Oh, I confused you with someone else. And who LFA, isn't part of this yes. party. Yes, Chroma okay. canonically has a grenade, a... A giant hippo yeah. person gave it to her. Gave it to several her. sessions yeah. ago. <laughs> right, and she's just been holding on to it for, waiting for a good reason. No, no, to no. Use that that's uh, not perhaps. what I meant. That's not what Chroma pulled out. I, Chroma's I can... an artillerist artificer. Chroma always has shatter prepared. <laughs> oh my! I mean, that I, that's I, also I fitting. Summon... That raises more questions. Mm-hmm. I could I could summon a. a, a an elemental who could perhaps um, deliver the grenade without any one of us being harmed? No, I have to throw it or it won't work. Well, they could throw it. No, no, no. I have to throw it or it won't work. Oh, it's it's like it's an attuned magical item. I mean, right. it's well, the spell kind of like are that, but it's... Arguing semantics. It's the magic... <laughs> I'm going to try to move JR. Like, if you stand there, it's going to blow you up and we can't fix you. Let's okay, go, JR go. reluctantly allows you mm-hmm. to drag JR away. There are two parallel tracks where JR's feet are dragging behind them. As long as I'm not breaking his feet, it's, I'll take it. I've probably dragged Chroma <laughs> away like this before. You know? <laughs> and if they do get broken, you can always, well, Chroma can put them back on. Yeah, that part, yeah, I think so. All right, I'm going to move him to, like, whatever range I think is safe. 11 feet! Okay, we're going 12 feet. <laughs> Well, this is Chroma you're talking about. The edge of the ravine is a quarter mile that direction. Oh, okay. And just keep on going back to the moon base (laughs) to put that helm back together and fly to Circulus. I'm just gonna get I'm gonna get Jr. far enough because I didn't think he would understand what was about to happen, not knowing Chroma as long as I have. And, um... They they were ready to when someone suggested crack this thing open, they were ready to do that. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and and Zach has understood that, and that's why the they, following has happened. Yeah, they have the uh-huh. enthusiasm and naivete that this party had at level two. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that like it was 23 episodes ago. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> it was. So I'm going to back off to 11 feet or so, erring on the side of um, being further away from it, because I don't want to have to make a constitution saving throw at DC 15. And relatedly, the metal sphere needs to make a constitution saving throw at DC 15. I'll try to back off to 15 to 20 feet. And so does anything... Yeah, I'm going to try to move JR um, back a little bit more. Yeah. Anything else within 10 feet of the point. Okay, so I'm going to say that if you're backing up to 11 feet or 12 feet or 13 feet or you in that yeah. ballpark, you're just on the other side of the spikes. Okay. All right. So you said it was uh, DC 15? Con saving. Yep, 15. Constitution saving throw. Uh-huh. And a non-magical object that isn't being worn or carried also takes the damage and it says a creature made of inorganic material such as stone crystal or metal has disadvantage but i guess that oh it oh the, the spear doesn't make a saving throw that makes more sense a, the spear just takes the damage unless the sphere is a creature correct okay. which it might be well in order for me to use the combat tracker correctly and put in damage <coughs> we will have to roll for initiative okay I got a 20 plus 3. 8. D&D Beyond says I got a 17. And Neri. Uh, 13. Okay. Okay. So the first thing that is happening technically before combat starts is someone, not naming names, tosses a live grenade. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And saves are made. By which I mean, I rolled high. The save is made. Um, If the spare is a creature, it has disadvantage. Because it's made of metal. Which is why JR isn't allowed to be within the blast radius, because JR is also made of metal. Uh, that's a higher roll. Uh, so um, in that case, it will take half of 19, which will be rounding down Well, nine. you said disadvantage, which means the lower of the two, right? So... Right, but that yeah. still makes. Yeah, but... I, I rolled again, and the number I got was higher, so I'm taking the lower number, which was still a save. Okay. So, nine thunder damage. Okay. The sphere lifts up out of his resting spot. Oh, you're Uh-oh. not magical like JR isn't a magic item. Okay. And spiky bits shoot out of all the sides. Oh, no. And now you are a morning star. Fascinating. They continue to shoot out, and apparently it's a bunch of blades held by armatures that can point the blades in different directions. This is bad. Oh, I want one. <laughs> I love how I want one, and this is bad was literally within the same breath. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Zax. Okay, how far away is it exactly? Uh, about 12 feet, because I think that's how far away you said you were moving. Yeah, about 12. Well, whatever. I'm like a couple feet behind wherever Chroma was. Whatever Chroma said, I'm going a couple feet behind, like two feet behind or something. You know what? Eo um, brings up a good point. This is right at the beginning of combat, and we have been playing oh. for almost an hour. What do you say we take a short break, do a little stretch break, refresh our drinks? My coffee cup is nearly empty. It doesn't count as a second cup if I refill <laughs> it before it's empty. Sure. I'm just topping it off. <laughs> never mind. Or this cup, never mind this cup is half the size of my head oh, never mind no. about that <laughs> all right in, let's in take con- a in consequential break. detail <laughs> so we're going to take five and we'll be right back 
We're back from outer space. Well, technically mm-hmm. still in outer space because Spelljammer. We're back to outer space. <laughs> technically, is the moon outer space or is it not because... Well, technically, the Earth is in outer space, so therefore we are currently in outer space. By all technical measures, the moon is way in outer space because even the most liberal definition of the atmosphere has long since gone before you get into the moon's orbit. Well, one way or the other, we are engaged in combat. We have not set a date yet, but the engagement has taken place, and it is Zax's turn. Okay, so, if I understand correctly, we've got an orb that's now flying and shooting things at us? Uh, well, a bunch of things have stuck out from it, but from the looks of it, they are melee weapons, not ranged weapons. Unless We they have can an also orb attach. of stabby! We have an orb of stabby, and that's where all the bad is coming from right now? It appears to be the worst ball. Okay, so I'm going to um, try to stun it by throwing the uh, hammer of thunderbolts at it. I am here for this content. <laughs> I finally get to try. <laughs> okay. okay, so that's going to be a ranged attack. Yes. Um, all right, so... Now, are you proficient with throwing hammers? I don't know. Answers, no. No, you are not. <laughs> Okay. You're so going to roll a d20, so. and we'll okay. add plus three for your dexterity roll. Okay, so I'm rolling a d20. I'll hit the button on the D&D Beyond. It's given me a 16. Okay. Uh, looking at the hammer, you also get a plus one bonus to attack okay. rolls with the hammer. So the 16 plus 17 oh, yes. plus the three. So that's a dirty 20. Wow. Okay, so I throw the hammer at the orb of Stabby, I think we're calling it, and... Um, and that's going to hit. Okay, so that hits. So what happens next is... Um, uh, I'm to read it. Damage is um, 2d6 plus 8, and it's bludgeoning damage, if I'm reading that right. Yep, and on your character sheet, you can just press the button, and it'll roll the dice for you. Okay. But that's not the that. really fun thing. Mm. Oh, it also goes boom. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you can use up one of your five charges for it to make it go boom. Absolutely. Oh, yes. That's what I want to do. Um, but okay, tell me the damage so, first. Okay. The damage is... Um, it's got a 3 plus 2 plus 8 for 13. If I did that right, I just hit the button. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's what the Indeed Beyond does. It makes it easy for us. It does, yes. Yeah. So much easier. I would never be able to do this otherwise at all. Um, yeah. Okay. And it goes boom. <laughs> and and um, then you're, you're using a charge, and yes. let's see. The hammer unleashes a thunderclap audible out to 300 feet, but that's just a noise. In yeah. addition to that, the target and every creature within 30 feet of it, I've got some bad news for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't plan ahead. <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's classic Zax. Oh, it totally is, yeah. <laughs> Must succeed on a DC 17 constitution saving throw or be stunned. Until the end of my next turn. And then you're not yes. stunned. You yeah. are also within 30 feet. I think we all are. Right. Yeah. Yes. Everyone, including JR, needs to make a con save. 
Okay. I got a five. So Constitutions. Fail. Hit that one. Constitution. Okay. I've got a fifteen. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I miraculously got a twenty-two. Yeah, a wow. Um, I'm spending one of my luck points. <laughs> you know what? That sounds good. I'm spending an inspiration on my five-two. And I turned my five into a twenty-one. Oh, good. There you go. And you are not twelve. Stunned. Twelve is just barely too low for me to be able to use Flash of Genius to turn that into a success. There is no way I can outsmart the um the the Zach's not realizing what the <laughs> most planning existence is. <laughs> yeah, well, you well, know, barbarian. It's okay because I, every stun roll that I made was a failure. So JR is stunned, but so is the orb. The orb, okay. when stunned, falls back down to the ground. There we go. And it's kind it's of to hit it now. Bit. But that only lasts for a turn, correct? Um, let's see. If you fail the saving throw, you're stunned until your the next end of turn. my next turn. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that is All your right. turn. Okay. My next turn will be to go pick up the hammer. Yeah. That's what it'll be. Well, wait. Are you stunned or no? I forget. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have so to wait till next you have, turn to go. Yeah, you have to wait until the end of your next turn, and then wait until the turn after that for you to go pick up the hammer. But with that Okay, said, I'll get there eventually, though. It is Cogbucket's turn. Cogbucket is stunned. It is now Zenosha's turn. Thanks to inspiration, I'm not turned, and am I able to move into a position where I can... Strike this thing with a lightning bolt without putting any of my allies within the 120-foot line? It is a large construct, so yes. Then I do 32 damage with a lightning bolt, and that's my turn. Okay. Damage noted. Snacks. Stunned. Okay. And that's stunned. (laughs) Chroma. Is that I done? feel like I cast Shatter on me. <laughs> yes, Chroma is stunned. <laughs> this is why grenades are a bad idea. This wasn't from it the wasn't grenade. It wasn't from a grenade. <laughs> I, I know it's canon to blame the artificer, but in this case, it's not the artificer. No, it was, this is it all was on the Zach's. barbarian. It was Zach's and their hammer of minimum safe distance. Yeah. Well. Because I am still reading Twitch chat. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure Neri is not stunned, if I remember correctly. Neri is not stunned. Neri was supposed to go on 13. For some reason... Oh, I forgot to put in your number. That's a problem. <laughs> there you go. That's not right. It's okay. That can be fixed. Actually, I can I fix it? Who knows? I can add more monsters, <laughs> but I can't fix the initiative without starting all over again. That's all right. I'll go now. I'm sorry. Um, I, uh, I have the target in my sights, and I'm going to shoot arrows into it. Okay. And I'm doing my action surge. You're going to roll all the d20s you have. <laughs> yes. And in addition, I'm before I attack, I am going to cast... Let me make sure I can do this. Hunter's Mark. On the sphere. Which is a bonus action. I'm going to say it's canon that your animal companion, the Metroid Parasite, has learned to bark. 
<laughs> oh, probably should have had so that let's... make a save too. Yeah, it did not make it safe. I just want to double check something. This is one of those unlikely combats where I don't have anybody next to the creature I'm shooting. <laughs> right, yeah. That's also my fault. No, you aren't the one who chose to throw a grenade at the start, making everyone say, back up. This is true. Yeah, this, this is one of those occasions where it is the artificer's fault. Just not the other time. That those, is a lot. Those pearls are bad. Yeah, so um, I'm looking through this. I see... It should be a 27. That's a hit. Uh, 17. That's a miss. A 15. Miss. And a 30. Hit. Okay, so on the first one of those, I'm going to make it a grasping arrow. I have totally forgotten what those do. I will tell you in just a moment. That's 34 points of damage, uh, 2d6 of which is, let's call it 3 plus 1, 4 points of damage is poison damage. Uh, the, the sphere is covered in brambles, its speed is reduced by 10 feet, and it takes 2d6 slashing damage the first time on each turn it moves 1 foot or more. And the brambles last for 1 minute until I use the option again, or until any creature uses an action to remove them with an athletics check at DC 12. Now, is this considered from a magical source, the damage? I don't know. Because I don't think your bow's magical, but you have Hunter's Mark. I do have Hunter's Mark, and two of those D6s are from that. Um, yes, Arcane Shot is considered a special magical effect. I'm sorry, I was thinking about doing math for not magical versus magical damage. It's covered in brambles, and it can't move? It can move, but it takes damage if it does. Okay. Well, right now it's stunned, so it's not moving. <laughs> it's not moving, yeah. Zax, it is your turn. You are stunned. Okay. At the end of your I'm turn, stunned. you are no longer stunned. Okay. But it's the end of your turn. It's the end of my turn. Okay, yes. so I'm no longer stunned. And, and no I one else is stunned more. either. And no one else is stunned either. Okay, so we're all yes. not stunned. Yeah, because all the stunning was happening until the end of your next turn. That's has come and gone. Okay. Which means then, JR is no longer stunned. And right. it is their turn. So if I'm no longer stunned, I'm going to get up and go, That was awesome! <laughs> Zax! Minimum safe distance! Well, I didn't count I didn't account for the boom part, you know, but I'll know for next time. But that was awesome! JR gives Zax a thumbs up. <laughs> I do one back to JR. And then JR rushes in. Uh, okay. That is a nine. JR does a mighty swing. JR manages to hit the sphere. And there's a metallic boom sound. And there is no discernible effect. I mean, it's a large sphere. It's very hard to say, no, you missed the large sphere. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's 15 feet in diameter. How did you miss? <laughs> no, it's AC just because it, it's made of metal. And you're not going to do a lot of damage. It, the sphere that you know of does not have crumple zones. <laughs> Yet. I mean, that's valid. <laughs> Zenosha. Okay, so I don't think I can do a lot, but I am going to go Venosha, so right. activate Symbiotic <laughs> Entity and move to melee attack range if I can. And I'm still hearing the Warcraft Bloodlust sound every time you do this. And I believe that's the end of my turn because, because that's an any version of Wild Shape takes my action. 
Okay. But you have moved into position. Yes. Okay. Snacks. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have no idea what this is, right? I it's don't a know. robot. It, it's, it's a thing something. to kill. That's all okay, you need to well. know most of the time. It's a construct that champs in deep speech. Well, that doesn't sound great. Um, I'm going to see what an elemental might do on it. Any suggestions on what flavor we like? I don't know. Earth? Sounds good to me. Uh, I will cast Summon Elemental Spirit, and we will summon an Earth Elemental Spirit. Uh, I can summon it up to 90 feet away, so we'll summon it, say, adjacent to the large sphere. And it will try to pound on the sphere. It basically goes on my turn. Um, So when this elemental comes into existence, it's formed out of the regolith (laughs) that's in the area. (laughs) Interesting. I'm just pleased that I get to say regolith. (laughs) And as it forms... Oh, it's not an earth elemental. It's a moon elemental. So its first attack is a 24. That will hit. Okay. And it will do... Uh, 1d10 plus 8 damage. This is bludgeoning damage, if that makes any difference to the creature. Uh, minimum damage. Is this counting as a magical attack? Uh, it is a physical slam. The elemental is a magical creature. Uh, if it, like, if it needs magical, if the, if the target needs magical weapons to attack it, it qualifies as magical because the elemental is magical. But it is not okay. magical damage. It is, it is a rocky punch. So well, this it would, this thing has resistance to some ma- non-magical attacks. Okay, the creature, the elemental, is a magical being in that regard. Okay, so it's taking the nine points, uh, but more or less. <laughs> okay. And we get to do that twice, so we'll see if the second will the second one will do any good. As a thirteen, I don't think that's that a hits. miss. Boing. It's rocky fists bounce off of the metal sphere. <laughs> now it has an urge to say clobbering time. The thing that you notice is the the metal spikes that are coming out of the ground they are mm-hmm. connected underneath the surface which you're able to tell because part of it has been excavated when the earth elemental moon elemental i guess was <laughs> created okay okay it's unusual now it's time for the tentacles to attack oh boy. yay those spikes is it the creature's attack as a whole because i know i've been bad at this but my reaction allows Need to attack it at the beginning of its turn. If you want to use your reaction to attack it at the beginning of the turn, this is not the sphere that's attacking. These are the spikes. Okay, then I have to wait till the sphere's turn. <laughs> well, the spikes are a different entity, and they okay. are attacking. Okay. Oh. Yes. Okay. Let's see. Who's it going to attack? I'm basically rolling a d6 because there's six combatants, including JR. Oh, no. Yep. Please don't hurt JR. Uh, none of them are going for JR. That's uh, good. One of them is going for Neri. Two of them are going for Chroma. Come on, then. And one of them is going for Snacks. It's plus to hit. Okay, uh, the one that is going for Neri, that is a 17. That's a miss. Okay. The one going for Chroma, I got a nat 1 and a... Oh, no. Not nat 1, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> And the one going for snacks, I got another 17. Uh, I will shield. Okay. So that's the spikes turn, tentacles turn. They're still made of metal, but they're not moving like they're metal. Okay, it's the sphere's that's turn. fascinating. All right, for the sphere's turn, I will take my reaction, and I get to make a halo of spores 
poison attack. So 11 points poison damage minus whatever damage resistance a metal sphere may have for poison. But I made it. Okay. I will note that. And now it's the sphere's turn. It is going to use a wonderful little ability that I like to call Shrapnel Blast. Oh, wow. Doesn't that sound lovely? It just rolls off the tongue. Shrapnel Blast. Sounds like something you'd expect from a a GIF. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or, on occasion, That it does. Yeah, I mean, it does sound like something I'd do, too. So everyone within 30 feet needs to make a DC 15 dexterity saving throw. Okay. I think I'm within 30 feet. Yeah, I think yep. I'm within... Everyone's no, that's 16. I have a 17 total. 22. I got a 21, thanks to D&D Beyond. Yeah, I got an 18 for snacks. JR's doing well. I got a nat 20. All right. What was the number we had here? You had to get 15 or higher. Okay, I got a 17. Okay. So far, so good. So... special saves. It does not... Everyone who makes the save is going to take 10 points of damage, piercing damage. Okay. On a okay. failed save, uh, you are taking 21. It was piercing damage? Yes. Uh, the Earth Elemental has resistance to piercing and slashing. Yay! <laughs> and that is this thing's a bit. Chroma. Right. Okay. Um, is there... Are any of us standing within the, um, uh, spike perimeter? I am within melee distance, if that makes a difference. I don't think I'm within that yet, because I didn't move. Uh, JR has rushed forward, and Zenosha has rushed forward, and I think everyone else was like, no, I'm, I'm okay. Okay, there will be, well, there will be no shatter. Stunned, so. There will be no shatter if JR is in the radius. What's the radius for shatter? Um, Ten-foot sphere. Okay. You could target some of the spikes. Oh, you know what I need to do? I need to summon my turret. I... Which one? I'm going to summon the Force Ballista. Oh, wow. I'm here again. This is fantastic. I am so glad that you have another use for me. And, oh, I need look. you to shoot more horrible things. This is fantastic, and these things don't look like they spit acid. I didn't like the acid part. Why was I programmed to feel pain? I don't know. I think it was a magical byproduct effect. Okay. I have no idea what that understands. I don't have a high wisdom score, but I'm going to shoot things now. Yay! I am going to target it at the horrible orb. The worst soccer ball. <laughs> yes. And I am going to... Oh, I forgot to um, put its hit points back. And you also have pack tactics because you have two allies within melee range. Uh-huh. Nat 20. Roll your damage. 22 force damage. I forgot to say when this thing is bloodied, but this thing is bloodied. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. I am going to rush in shield held high. Whatever's controlling the spikes slash tentacles is not bloodied. We'll get there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Neary. Yes. Remember how uh, Shatter could have been aimed at one of the tentacles? Yes. To avoid hitting everybody around it? Mm-hmm. Oh, my allies. Uh, I'm going to aim at that tentacle. Okie dokie. And hit, I want to hit as many of the tentacles and the sphere as possible. Okay. Well, Neary With a 10-foot radius. Neary being Neary, if you're not doing an AoE attack, I will ask you to do these attacks one by one, because I know how many hit points the tentacles have. Uh, I am doing an AoE attack, as a matter of fact. Well, then the DM is going to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm going to say you can hit three of them. Okay. This is the first one. The first attack is a 26. That'll hit. The so 19 that will does... also hit. Oh, that's damage. Oh, oh never mind. Oh. Where's my phone at? Um, uh, that's 19 damage to the tentacle I targeted and six damage to everything within 10 feet of it. And is this magical? Uh, yes. That's arcane shot. Okay. And then okay. I get, I have a second attack. Okay. Now, if... the one that you targeted um, is still moving, but it is shredded. It's very perforated. Okay. Uh, I'm going to target one of the other tentacles then. Okay. That's a 31. It's a glancing blow. Almost missed. <laughs> For 11 damage. Okay. And that's my turn. Okay. Zax. Okay, so I will rage, and I'm going to go in and pick up my hammer. And that's probably <laughs> probably all I could do at this point. <laughs> well, picking up a hammer, I think that can count as a free action. Can it? I don't know. It might be a bonus action. Well, the, well, the raging is a bonus raging. action. So I can pick up the hammer and not hit anything, or I can't pick up the hammer at all. One second. The DM is checking the rule book. All right. This is what everyone lives for when we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Checking the rules. This is the first time they've thrown the hammer, so... Right. Mm-hmm. You normally interact with an object while doing something else, such as when you draw a sword as part of an attack. Ah! Okay, so yeah, you can totally pick it up. All right, I will pick up the hammer. Does this and end my turn? That does not <laughs> end know. your turn. It does not it end my turn? part of an attack. Yeah. Oh, part of an attack. Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to hit something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, how many just, I'm just going to hit something. I'm going to hit something. Um, how many spiky things are still... There, there are... None of the spiky things have been defeated entirely. Um, okay. As a side note, the DM is thinking about how you said, I'm just going to hit something... We zoom mm-hmm. out to look at the top of the crevasse that you're all in, and we just see JR flying off into the distance. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no! That is not canon. Not, <laughs> not canon. that lever. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to hit one of the spiky things with the hammer. Um, okay. One that maybe isn't too damaged yet. So we can well, the ones near it. you are not damaged at all. Okay. Because then I'll hit one of those. Yeah, Neri was aiming for the ones that weren't near people because there was AOE damage. Okay, so I'm just gonna hit it with the hammer one one near me, and okay. that gives me make um, a swing. And I rolled damage, but I was supposed to roll hit for hit yes. slash DC first, wasn't I? Yeah. Okay, let's try that again. Okay, the hammer hit uh, is a ten plus eleven for twenty one. That will hit. Okay, and then the damage is 6 plus 1 plus 8 for a 15. That's the first hit. Okay. All right. It's I'm still gonna... moving. Sorry, what? It's still moving. Didn't you, catch that. You did a lot of damage to it, but you didn't destroy it. Okay, so I'll try that on my second hit then. Um, if I can hit the right button, that would help. Okay, I have a 13 plus 11 for 24 to hit. That will hit. I assume it hits? Yep. Okay, damage am, is... Am I not... Can you hear me? I can hear you, but you're cutting in and out. Okay. All right, so the damage is 4 plus 6 plus 8 for 18. Okay, you have successfully defeated one of the, one of the spiky tentacle things. Woohoo! All right, that's the end of my turn. All righty. 
Next is Cogbucket's turn. Cogbucket is going to try to hit the sphere again. Cogbucket makes a wonderful Ooh. gong sound on the sphere, but does no actual <laughs> damage. That's a Cogbucket is attempting to develop gong proficiency. <laughs> They're going to take levels in Bard next. Yeah. Their preferred instrument will be 15-foot diameter spheres. <laughs> Zenosha. <laughs> Alright, so I should be within range to attack the sphere itself. Definitely so. And I got a 13 on the attack roll. That's a miss. Do I have pack tactics? Is anyone you else do. within range? Yeah, Cogbucket's right there. Maybe not everybody is, but Cogbucket definitely is if he's hitting the sphere. Then the higher of the two was still a 13, so I miss. Okay. I just whiff it this turn and wait till my next. But you look cool doing it. <laughs> Snacks. All right. Sphere is still a problem, so we will direct the elemental to pound on the sphere and hopefully make some rhythm with uh, Cogbucket there. <laughs> no, no, no. You hit like this. <laughs> uh, 13 will miss, so again, he makes yeah. a counter-doing to JR. <laughs> Try if again. he has pack tactics, I'm there. Uh, it's an elemental. Oh. Yeah, unfortunately, Second. elementals do not attack impacts, and if they did, I would have <laughs> concerns. I would run screaming for the hills. Um, <laughs> no, those, they, those would be the hills. Yeah. So that's probably well, run screaming from the hills. Yeah, run away from the hills. <laughs> Second swing is a 24, and I believe that hits. Yep. And it is one. Actually, let me check again. I think it's 1d10 or 1d8. It is 1d10 plus 8. Okay. 14 points of bludgeoning damage to the spear. That has been noted. All righty. Now, it is the tentacle thing's turn. Uh, so it's already been established that they're connected underneath the surface. That is less true now. One would argue that this is in part because a certain barbarian has moitalized one of them. So yes. now there's only seven. That's this an appropriate also word. This true because it's lifting up out of the ground. Wait, what? Yep. And oh. three of you, technically four if you include an elemental... <laughs> <laughs> rushed in. Yep. So you're standing yep. on top of the thing. I kind of figured. Okay. So that's going to be Zenosha, Cogbucket JR, and Zax, and the Elemental okay. need to give me dexterity saves. Okay. I have an 18 plus 3 for 21. You make it. JR fails. Oh. 19. Elemental fails. What's the well, DC? Well, Chroma, you're okay. You didn't rush into melee range, did you? Yes, I did. Okay. Well, yeah, she did. I said I rushed in. With charging okay. her shield held high. Oh, yeah. That was right. Okay. So if you fail the save, you slide off, and you are now prone. But I'm not going to have you take damage. What was the number you had to hit? 15. I'm sorry. I didn't specify. I'm fine, then. Because she's got a 19, right? Am I reading that right? Well, mm -hmm. define fine, because you're now 10 feet in the air, riding a worst spaceship. I think that's not just fine. That's great. <laughs> there are several people in this party that might disagree with that statement. <laughs> so are we standing on like sort of a ring that the tentacles are attached to? It, it's some type off? of shape underneath. You don't get a good view if you're actually standing on it. And your roll was high enough that you're standing on top of it still. Okay. It's like you can't see the forest because there's too many trees in the way. Or All giant right, metal tentacles. The, what I was trying to discern is whatever I'm standing on, can I still hit the tentacles? Oh, yeah. You're standing on the thing that all the tentacles are attached to. Okay, no problem. Yeah. Some people would argue that is a problem. <laughs> well, it's a problem for them if I stay on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, those people might be in your party. 
I wouldn't hit them, you know. <laughs> anyway, go on. They, they might not want you taking a ride, is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Uh, so yeah. the tentacles yeah. are still flailing, because that's what tentacles do. So the first one is going to take a swing at Snacks again. Uh, that is going to be an 18. Uh, I had shielded, but I've taken my turn, so I can reaction again to shield again. Okay. Uh, but wait. Uh, hold on, let me check my spells. Uh, no, I'm not going to shield on that, so it will hit. Okay, the tentacle is going to smack down on top of you like someone swatting a mosquito. If you wanted to know what a mosquito feels like, it feels like taking <laughs> 12 points of bludgeoning damage. How much? 12? Yes. You cut out. 12, Or yes. did I cut out? 12, okay. And let's make the concentration check. I'm hearing everyone clearly with no cutting out, but I understand that that's not true for two of you, so... I don't know if it's me or not. It could just be Discord. It could be. Okay. I'm not having uh, cutting out problems. I made I made the concentration check to keep the elemental present. <laughs> okay, the next attack is going to go for Zenosha, and that is a lot. That's a 26. My AC is 20, so yeah, that's a hit. Okay, that's a great AC, but you're still going to take 12 points of bludgeoning damage. That is not enough to overpower my temporary AC from becoming Venosha. Okay, the third attack is going for JR. Oh, no. Now, you might recall I said JR was one of the ones who fell prone. You know what that means. Advantage. Yep. So that is going to be 22. That is higher than Cogbucket JR's AC. They take 12 points of bludgeoning damage. There is a JR-shaped indentation in the regolith. Oh, no. They are still, they're not up and kicking, but they're still kicking. <laughs> it, in oh. point of fact, when the tentacle comes down and slams on JR, you see their legs stick up and out to either side in a comical fashion, but they appear to still be functional when the tentacle lifts back up again. Just very badly smished. And the last attack from this thing is going to go for Chroma. All right, then. Try it. <laughs> so I'm using D&D Beyond's dice roller, and I love the physics they had built into this because that die sort of just wibble-wobbled with the 20 as the top number for a good long while and then just fell over to two. <laughs> it has a bonus to hit. It doesn't have that much of a bonus to hit. <laughs> because someone decided artificers should be tanks. So you're fine. <laughs> An AC of 21. Yes. So that's this thing's turn. Next up is the sphere. I get to see if its ability recharges. Well, if I get my reaction attack, then... Its ability does not recharge. Yay! If you want to do a poison thing, you can do that again. Okay, it has to make a constitution save of 15, or it takes how much damage I'm rolling right now. So, constitution... Constitution save 15, or it takes 9 damage, or if it saves for half. Okay, that down. Noted. And now this thing gets to do a thing. Let's see. If it doesn't get to just spin around and shoot spiky things everywhere, it has to rely on making two melee attacks. It is going to All make... right! Now, as luck would have it, because a lot of you are riding on top of the worst spaceship... <laughs> yeah. That means several of you are not, in fact prime targets for this. So Snacks has nothing to worry about. JR has nothing to worry about. JR has a few things to worry about, but never mind about that. But not Yuri this. Has nothing to worry about. Uh, but a few of you do have potential to worry. Uh-huh. 
Just out of curiosity, has it moved? In relation to the thing that everyone, well, not everyone, but a significant number of you was writing? No. Okay, but has it moved? Let's put it this way. The moon has moved, but that doesn't count as you moving. The brambles are attached to this other thing. The other thing is what moved, and that pushed everything. Right, but the the ability literally just says, on each turn it moves one foot or more without teleporting. You know what? Considering it's 1032 at night, I'll give it to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's only five damage. Okay. Every little bit helps. And Zenosha does a... What did I roll? Does a 17 hit you? I have an AC of 20, so no. Okay. Then you take no damage. Thank you, animated shield. <laughs> <laughs> and Chroma, I remember you said mm-hmm. 21 is your AC, so I'm not going to ask mm-hmm. you if this number that's below 21 hits you. <laughs> For the record, it was a 19. Doesn't matter. Would you a like 19 provi- will not do it. Nope. Would you like to provide a rebuttal? Yes! And so would my force ballista. Oh, hey, we're going for a ride. This sounds fun. Are we going to go to the moon? We're on the moon. We're on? You didn't tell me we were on the moon. Oh, wow. This is such a great adventure. I am so thrilled to be here. 26. So, 2d8 force damage to the orb. 14. Okay. The orb spins a bit from the hit. And you see Mm. little bits of metal flying off of it. And that is a bonus action. So, Chroma is going to take her sidearm and, um... We are riding on a thing that is a big nasty. You Actually, are in fact wait. riding on a thing that's a big nasty, yes. All right. I'm, catch- I'm casting Scorching Ray. On the thing you're riding. That is one of the things I am shooting at. <laughs> the DM I is okay with this. Only, I guess there are only two targets. Um, you know what? I will shoot at the orb with one of the Scorching Rays, and I will shoot at the thing we're riding with the other. Okay. Um, so that is a 24, a 15, and a 26. The 24 hits and the 26 hits. All right. So that will be one hit on the orb and one hit on the thingy. And... Thingy is the technical term. Yes. How do you want to do this? That's 10 points damage. It had nine points left. Wow. Um, I am going to shoot it out of the air. And have it go flying like a ball that has been kicked. Okay. A very, very hot ball. Possibly a cannonball. <laughs> Possibly. It sails through the air as bits of metal are flying off, going in various directions. Imagine, if you will, the worst piñata. There is some type of amorphous thing inside of it as the metal shards are shot in every direction as this thing gets kicked by... A scorching ray is sent over the side and down to the ground. And the DM is going to roll damage for hitting the ground. Yeah, there's a splorch sound. Oh, I didn't expect that. Yes. Uh, that is not a sound I expect. It, it is not a myconid. To make. It is not a myconid. It is, it looks biological. Well, that was the, the view of the people who are still riding the worst ship. <laughs> you didn't yeah. get a very clear view. But you saw a bunch of smaller pseudopods, eyes in random places, and more than one mouth. It also so was roughly. So we still served. need to find the myconids. That's what Zenosh is taking away, regardless of whatever results. That's fine. Oh, certainly. It's... But also, there was another scorching ray that hit a different target. Mm-hmm. 
And it did five points of fire damage. Okay, that's fair. We should also investigate that, but yes, to the Myconids. You're Um, still in combat. We're still fighting fighting the thing. We have tentacles to deal with. The worst spaceship. Fine, let's kill the tentacles, then the Myconids. (laughs) Kill the Myconids? (laughs) Maybe don't kill the Myconids. (laughs) They're pacifists. Mm, yeah. It wouldn't be any fun to fight anyway. No, but they're cool. I just want to hang out. Neary. I mean, according to Button, the mushroom on my snout is centric, so they're cool to hang out. Okay. Let's uh, kill the rest of this and hang out. I'm going to attack the weakest looking tentacle, if they're still moving. Uh, yeah. Things are still moving. Okay. That thing that hit the ground over there is also moving. Mm. Let's attack that first. Or check it out! Figure out what it is, and if it's still dangerous. I think you're the only one that can talk to it. I mean, the Myconids aren't here anymore, so I'm just going to assume everything is dangerous. That's a fair assumption. I'm attacking the tentacles. Okay. That's a 28 to hit. That'll hit. For 9 damage. Okay. Is Ellie starting us on next week's combat already? (laughs) And a 27 to hit. If the first tentacle hasn't gone down, then I'm still targeting that one. Okay. For 11 points of damage. You have, you have destroyed a second tentacle. Six more to go. All right. Oh, I will I'm using say my that... bonus action to transfer Hunter's Mark to the, the creature that was inside the sphere. Okay. Uh, I will say that as you're destroying these tentacles, you're seeing that the fracturing in this metal form extends down into the body of this thing. So doing damage to the outcropping structures is still doing damage to the whole thing. That's good to know. Zax. I think I killed one of these things, so I'm going to go to one that's not dead yet and hit it. Okay. With the hammer. And let's get a roll here. Um, 18 plus 11, 29 to hit. A glancing blow. Okay. And damage is, let's see, 2 plus 4 plus 8 for 14. Okie dokie. Is it still standing? Uh, it was never standing, but it's still... Well, is it still... Okay, yeah. then I'm going to hit it again. Um, and that one is 7 plus 11 for an 18. Yep, that'll hit. Okay, and the damage on that one. Are you squishing the squishy thing? Yes. <laughs> that one's 3 plus 1 plus well, 8 for 12 damage. Hold on, you're attacking the squishy thing or or the tentacles? I don't know anymore. I think... No, because wait. I, okay. I thought you made your stage. I assumed the so tentacles were... were I, I assumed that the tentacles were a squishy thing. No, they're made of metal. I'm attacking, okay, I'm but attacking the tentacles. You can't attack the squishy thing be, without jumping 10 feet to the ground. Right, so I was like... I just got confused. It's fine. <laughs> As to the nature of the tentacles, I guess. So the damage on this one is 3 plus 1 plus 8 for 12. I don't know if that's Okay, hits. you have destroyed another tentacle. Woo-hoo! Okay, so for my bonus action, um, I'm going to do a frenzy attack, which means next turn um, I can make a single melee weapon attack as a bonus action on each of my turns after this one. So I, get, I think it means I get an extra hit next turn. Okay. All right. If anything's left. That, that is and a big I'm, if. Okay, <laughs> and I'm done. Okay, uh, it is Cogbucket JR's turn. Uh, they use half their movement to stand up, and they are going to lay on hands on themselves. Oh, smart. You, you hear a rock ballad playing in the background? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what I'm hearing. <laughs> okay, they are still bloodied, but they are a little bit better than they were. Okay. Zenosha. Okay, if there are still metal, metal tentacles around, then... I'll cast Chill Touch on 
the closest, but Joe Touch has a range of 120 feet. Okay. And I rolled the seven for a total of 14. A 14 will... that That's a two-hit roll? That's a two-hit roll. You miss. But you have pack tactics. Did you roll twice? I did not, so I'm rolling the second time, and I got a lower score. Aww. So I miss. Okay. We're going to say that because this thing is large enough, you're technically riding it. You didn't miss per se. It's just a matter of you didn't hit something crucial. Snacks. All right. The elemental fell down. Um, he got knocked prone, so he will use half his movement and stand up potentially. What What is around him that he can hit? There's the squishy thing. The blobby that yeah. came out of the thing? Uh, mm-hmm. How far away is it from his original position? I'd say like 15 feet. Okay. He can, let's see. Uh, oh, okay. He can move 40. Okay. I wasn't sure how fast he could move. He can also burrow under the ground, which would kind of look cool. He <laughs> 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 can kind of go boop over and up. <laughs> it's these little uh, tidbits of information that I enjoy so much. Like the other day when I discovered that Demogorgon has a swim speed of 50. Why did I bring that up? No reason. No I reason. Mean, <laughs> two of the three campaigns I'm running right now involve underwater adventures, but just just, just saying. <laughs> so it will uh, try to uh, pound on the blobby thing. Okay. So that's a nat one. That's going to miss. <laughs> and its second attack is that's a dirty 20. 20. That's going to hit. Yep. And it is a D10 plus eight. Keep checking that because I don't remember. It's obviously bludgeoning damage. Uh, if that matters to the squishy thing, it may. The squishy thing would prefer for it to not be bludgeoning damage. <laughs> Try that again. There we go. 15 points of bludgeoning damage. Numbers okay. keep going up. It's bloodied. Yay. It, it's it's rather squishy, as I have stated. Yep. It might not enjoy bludgeoning damage, is my, is my hope. It, few people do. <laughs> okay. But that's the elemental. Is it an action for you yep. to control it? Uh, I have been playing it as so. Why don't you move on while I research this? Okay. <laughs> Tentacle time. It uh, does not, at least if you used conjure, something working no. like the conjure elemental spell. Does it no, work like a, the spell? No, this is a um, a different spell. It's from one of the Unearthed Arcana releases. It's a, it's an actual, it's actually just called Summon Elemental Spirit. It's not conjure elemental. It's a little bit lower. Uh, it has fewer hit points, uh, does less damage. It, but it, it's easy. It's easier to kill because uh, you don't need magic weapons to hurt it. Uh, so it's just kind of a junior elemental, essentially, bottom line. But it, the D&D Beyond doesn't have the full details on it. It's just kind of like, here's what you summon, earth, air, fire, water, and here's some basic stuff on it. So I'm going to take a quick look at the UA article to see if I have more details on this. So Okay. Uh, so, while this conversation was happening, uh, four tentacles all tried to hit Zenosha. Oh. And three of them hit. The fourth one, I rolled a two. So that, But the other three were well above 20. So, Zenosha, you are going to take 36 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay, that removes my venom buff, but I'm still alive. And that's probably its last turn, I'm just going to say. <laughs> Chroma. That's why it's his last turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, everyone else gets to go before it gets to go again. But yeah. yes, also, <laughs> Chroma. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, 
the Force Ballista's attack gets a 23. I have to say, it's a very ingenious strategy you have of us shooting at this thing that we're flying on right now, when it's the main thing keeping us up in the air. What an unusual strategy, but I'm all for it. Let's hit it. And it hits it. Roll your damage. <laughs> Five points of force damage. How do you do this? Wow. Um. It had four left. <laughs> that, that's two killing blows from Chroma <laughs> and allies. And both of them were one point more than what was left. Um, so you said the thing was fracturing as the tentacles were beat on? Yes. It hits in the central point where the fractures are fracturing towards and cracks through. It most certainly does. Everyone who is going for a ride, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you take three points of fall damage. Okay. If I'm raging, does it that <laughs> matter? <laughs> you take one point of fall damage. Okay. You are angry oh, at the ground. Okay. Well, since that's Zenosha, since she was trying to melee the thing. What's this? What was that, Zenosha? Something about we're trying to melee the thing. I was saying I'll, I'll assume three points of damage includes Zenosha since yes. she was trying to melee yeah, the you, thing. You were riding on this thing also. So you... You take the three points of damage from that. In my head, I'm just thinking about Zach's falling to the ground, seeing the ground rush up at them, and they're like, no! And then the ground <laughs> backs away a little bit. Because <laughs> the ground wanted nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's how raging works, I guess. I guess, sure. But what also works is... You are so angry, you don't feel pain. That's about how raging works in general, I think. <laughs> yeah. But what also works is this thing lands on the squishy thing. So if you were going to attempt to investigate and maybe interrogate, you better have speak with dead because it is now a smear. All right. Oh, hmm. Let me find my spell sheet. (laughs) I know my patron has that. Let me see if I do. And... Whether or not you do, that is where we're going to end it for tonight because it's almost 11. Oh, I do have some neat things to investigate that aren't squishy, though. Construct corpses. The DM has some concerns, but is also here for this content. (laughs) And the DM will be here for this content next week. Thank you, everyone, for playing. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Tonight has been joined by a bunch of awesome people, including Archbeth, Ellie, Eo, Jen, Matt, Cindy. We had... LFA hanging out in chat as well. Thank you for joining in. And let's do a few quick plugs. So Ellie runs a social network, elik.xyz, elekk.xyz. It runs on Mastodon. Technically glitch, but close enough. Uh, Many of us have accounts there. Our social information, for those of us who choose to share it, happens to be on the cast page in the show notes. So go ahead and check that out. Eo's mom writes books. You can get those at elizabeth-mccoy.com. Jen has a blog and podcast. You can get that cool stuff at bookofjen.net. Matt's brother-in-law also writes books. You can get those at nogodsbeforeus.com. And we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Gaming. Help us keep the lights on. Uh, that If you are a patron, that pays for hosting costs. That pays for a couple people who I pay to write articles. Those people might be 
participating in tonight's game. In fact, <laughs> one Jen and one Ellie uh, write a, things that are much more popular than anything I do. I'll say that. But you can join other illustrious patrons and help us keep everything running smoothly, including Chris, Cindy, Ellie, and Eric, our current patrons. So thank you so much, everyone. And until next time, this is Crash saying, And I Serve help. the hive. <laughs> it, well, with my con has moved out, we could form a disco here. <laughs> and that is an obscure reference. I'm not sure, but the imagery is amusing. I don't know what the reference is, but the, the imagery is amusing. It might cause a panic, though. Starcraft, serve the hive for serve the swive. Yeah, there, there, there's, there's a song. There's a song. <laughs> Never mind. All right. See you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.